This episode is brought to you by Avast, global leaders in digital security for network operators. They can build a safer digital world for your customers and their families. Discover more at avast.com partners. That's A-V-A-S-T dot com slash partners. Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. This is Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at Light Reading, and I'm joined on the podcast today by my fellow editor, my colleague, Kelsey Zeiser. Hello, Kelsey. Hey there, Phil. How's things? Pretty good. We're recording this on a Friday, so uh, um, if I hear like a beer open or something like that, I'm not going to be upset. (laughs) I just Just... have some sparkling water. Um, Okay. I think it's a grapefruit flavor. It's nice. All right. Pace yourself. Okay. Grapefruit flavored water. It's it's a step. We're getting there. Okay, we have a uh, uh, our guest today on the podcast is uh, uh, somebody I've interviewed for, uh, before at his previous role at AT and T. It's Mike Zito. He's a senior vice president of uh, global strategy and emerging businesses at Boingo. Hi, Mike. How are you, Phil? How's it going? Good to, good. Good to hear your voice. Good to see you again. Hi, Kelsey. Thanks for joining us. Happy Friday. Whew, yes, we indeed. made it. Um, thanks for uh, for doing this because we've been. Uh, uh, Well, first of all, I'll start with a couple of questions about your role and then Kelsey, you can dive in at any time and we can just, you know, uh, whoever, whoever steps up, gets the question in, but, uh, we have a lot to talk about with, uh, your role at Boingo and what you're doing there. Um, how long ago did you join the company and what, what is your role right now? I can, I can assume a lot from your title, but it's always better if you explain it. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, so I started in March, March 2nd, actually. And uh, got a couple weeks in before uh, COVID really locked us down. Um, Interesting time to start a new role, but uh, you know it's been great, and uh, you know really brought me into to focus on uh, on the overall global strategy for the company Mm -hmm. and then growth initiatives. So you know those new opportunities that we're engaged in around CBRS and private LTE, IoT, smart cities, um, the emerging businesses, similar what I was doing at the other place. Uh, there and um, you know right. get a lot of those new new uh, new markets going for us here at Boingo. Yeah, and some of those. Uh, I mean, it's interesting because you're you're naming a bunch of markets that are uh, universally accepted as they're going to be big. But there's there's a lot of mystery around how we get there and what the what the interlocking pieces are. You know, a- a- along the way. Yeah, you know, I love emerging markets though. To be honest with you, I mean, that's I'm an entrepreneur at heart, and that's really my background. It's building new businesses and, and really trying to create profitable growth um, and, uh, and great customer experiences for enterprise and consumer customers. So, you know, it's something I'm passionate about. And anytime I have the opportunity to engage in, a, in, a, in an emerging market and, and try to develop out something that's really going to make a difference, you know, I jump in with both feet, uh, throw my hands in there, throw my head in there, and I'm, I'm all in right at the beginning, right? I like to just dip a toe in, feet <laughs> on the water. And, uh, so you well, are not an early adopter then, Kelsey, I guess, right? No, I had a, for the hype cycle to subside, right? Okay. I had a dumb phone for a long time, and my husband called it a Pest dispenser, and he would shake it and see if candy would fall out. That's um, awesome. Of course. But, <laughs> we also wanted to talk to you about uh, private networks, and we're hoping you could just sort of start by defining, you know, what is a private network, and is there a difference between a private network and an enterprise corporate network? 
Yeah, I mean, look, you know, if you if you think back to the original definition of an enterprise corporate network, you know, that could be a collection of uh, of Wi-Fi and cellular solutions. Um, you know, it's uh, you know physical and, and virtual networks of protocols that really are serving a dual purpose of, of connecting users and systems. Um, you know, to on a LAN, right? Um, and that that's the the old school version of it, if you will, uh, from an enterprise network and. You know, when I think of private networks, I think of it very differently. Um, and, you know, a private network uh, to to us is also um, including in uh, CBRS. And so you've now got a private network that is more purpose built. Uh, you know, I would say even more for specific use cases um, and, and frankly, outcomes to drive outcomes. Right. So instead of that enterprise wide network that's built, for a lot of different users, a lot of different applications, a lot of different purposes, private networks can be built and leveraged for very specific use cases that drive value and outcomes. And not only using fiber or Wi-Fi, but cellular and CBRS. And, and that's really where we come into to the whole ecosystem to help um, build those networks and manage those networks and, and drive those use cases and those outcomes um, for companies. That's um, uh that's a great way to think about it, I guess, because that, that helps me sort of uh, delineate between uh, the the typical thing you would call as an enterprise, you would call a service provider for, you know, uh, versus something that would be uh, married specifically to like a P&L, you know, like this is our manufacturing unit. This has to be, you know, we have to get every competitive advantage we can in this, you know, in this particular unit. That's where the private network comes in. Hundred percent. You know, you go from uh, just being in the CIO's office, right, to also being uh, in the uh, in the offices of the rest of the C-suite and BUGMs, right. So it's a uh, it's a it's a different place to be, and you really have to you really have to understand um, the outcomes that they want to drive, right, uh, in order to be able to build them and deliver them the right private network. Is most of your job tied up in um, talking to enterprise customers and helping them, you know, once you find out what they want, helping them achieve that? Or um, do you do you have a specific relationship with uh, carriers where you're trying to bring carriers into uh, the business and maybe um, maybe help them augment their networks and 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 maybe make the two meet in the middle? I guess I'm I guess I'm trying to trying to sort of see where Boingo uh, comes into comes into this private networks business like what what specifically is the is the opportunity there sure sure well you know we we have a long-standing history uh of being a very good partner of the carriers right i mean and, and we work very closely with the carriers and building out DAS systems and large venues uh iconic venues uh large transportation hubs um and 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 uh and then also helping them deliver roaming options to their uh, consumer customers um, and, and where we're going now, uh, along with that, into the enterprise space is if you look at manufacturing and you look at healthcare, um, we may be going in there direct to help the um, team inside of that auto OEM or uh, hospital uh, system develop out uh, networks for their own use. Um, but at the same time, we do have the opportunity, uh, leverage and CBRS uh, spectrum to allow the carriers to roam on those networks as well. Um, you know, should the customer allow it and should the carrier want to do that? 
And, um, and then they wouldn't necessarily have to invest in a data system maybe in that facility. So while we are providing value directly to the enterprise um, and the enterprise is the customer and we are building the network for them, we still do have that opportunity to partner uh, with the carrier should both sides want to want to do that. And you mentioned a number of different um, kind of verticals and use cases, um, working in stadiums, manufacturing, healthcare. What are some other um, verticals and, and areas that are driving demand for these private networks? Yeah, so, you know, there's a couple ways to, to look at that. You can look at the use cases or you can look at the at the verticals. Um, and I can tell you, we've had interest from, you know, uh, across the spectrum when it comes to verticals. Right. So manufacturing seems to be the, the hot one, if you will, that you see all of the PR activity around. And that's for that's for very uh, good reason. And it's because of the types of use cases and the. Um, the many different use cases, cases I should say, that would uh, be able to leverage the investment in that network, right? Um, whether it be greater capacity and lower latency to support uh, a more dense industrial IoT, more devices getting connected um, on a manufacturing floor, uh, you're able to lower cost to reduce communication budgets, higher bandwidth for lower latency around AR and VR applications, um, you know, leveraging mech for privacy and, and for um, on-prem compute, and then uh, reliability uh, around uh, you know, autonomous, uh, autonomous vehicles and autonomous um, uh, you know, um, apparatus that will move around shop floors now. You know, so there's a multiple use cases in manufacturing. And then healthcare, um, you look at airports for sure, plenty of opportunity in airports. Um, and then just, I think commercial real estate in general, um, you know, with uh, COVID and and public safety um, and public health initiatives that are out there, certainly uh, large buildings and corporate campuses can leverage private networks as well. Yeah, I was going to ask about how the pandemic, I mean, you, you haven't joined the company just before the pandemic really, um, you know, seized the United States. Um, how's it changed that private networking market? Because on the one hand, I can see it creating more demand. Like you said, everything needs to be um, connected and maybe maybe IoT has has, uh, taken on a new importance. Um, But, uh, you know, are there some other ways that that it's uh, maybe reshaped the market? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, you know, from a COVID perspective, it's definitely driven uh, enterprises to fast track their digital transformation strategy. Um, and, and it won't be something that's temporary now. Uh, you know, they've, 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 uh, they've put their foot on the accelerator, if you will, um, to really figure out what the future is going to look like and how they're going to create safer, more sustainable, um, healthier environments, right, when you look at the, the in-building scenarios. So it's definitely, uh, even with COVID and everybody working remote, um, it's actually accelerated uh, those teams in large enterprises working on their digital transformation strategies. So that's been that's been a really positive thing, and I think you know, as we as we move through the hype cycle, that'll help you uh, get to the demand curve a lot faster, right? Because the there is more focus now um, because of COVID, uh, and so uh, you know we're 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 sitting at the right spot at the right time with 20 years of experience in doing this um, for customers, and so that's that's one of the reasons we're just we're so excited about. Uh, the opportunity uh, in the market right now. 
Yeah, you would think that, um, you know, enterprises might be more um, hesitant um, for new expenses or, you know, go into cost reduction mode. But it seems like, um, you know, whereas that might have been the approach for the around 2008 and that recession, like you said, now it seems like they're expediting those moves towards digital transformation and not quite so worried about the cost reduction piece. They're ready to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, you know, again, it, it's been said over the last uh, three or four months, especially, that connectivity has never played a more important role in in people's lives, right? And, and, and I think, you know, when we were looking at smart cities opportunities and, and migrating into uh, 5G and MEC and, and what uh, private networks can do, um, it's going to take a, a fabric of connectivity types and technologies that are weaved together and, and, and really um, a set of, uh, let's call it a converged network strategy that is gonna really drive the digital transformation um, you know, across the US uh, from now on. How does the, uh, uh, you know, I guess the same question, but maybe more focused on the smart cities stuff. Um, ha- has there been a change in, you know, because their, their money's coming from municipal means and that's a slightly different uh, profile of customer. Sure. Ha- has their priorities have their have their priorities shifted a little bit? You know, in the pandemic, or has the activity just sort of been pulled back? You know, while they're sort of wait wait and see. You know, that's that's a great question, and and I actually just had uh, a few conversations with several mayors recently because um, I, I stay very close, um, you know, to those mm-hmm. groups that I've worked with in the past. Because I'm yeah. I'm still very passionate about that space, mm-hmm. and um and we have a great great opportunity to play there as well. But it's interesting because, um you know many years ago there was a big push to free Wi-Fi, right, right. In, in, in municipalities. If you think about that, and yeah. then and then they took their foot off of the accelerator on that and moved more towards smart street lights and parking and traffic and transportation, yeah. um and now that's taken a back seat and they're going back to well wait a minute. You know, the first thing we have to do is make sure we get people connected, um, you know, and, and, and you know, if, if you think about the concept of borderless classrooms, which is now the world we live in today, um, you have to make sure that every every student um, can participate in that borderless classroom, regardless of where they live, whether it's rural or urban and, and independent of neighborhood. Right. So I think now what we're starting to see is um, more focus back on. How do we get people connected? And, and, you know, the great thing about CBRS is it, there's an opportunity to provide a managed service there with fixed wireless leverage in CBRS. And then some unique partnerships with companies like Boingo and device manufacturers to put together the offering for a city that allows you to truly create that borderless classroom. Right. So um, I, I think it's when, you know, Phil, when we used to talk about smart cities for for those three or four years there, you know, mm-hmm. Public Wi-Fi and really connecting everybody certainly was there and important, but I think cities were starting to look at how they save money and create efficiencies and create mobility, right? Yeah. And now it's now it's back to what's really important, which is getting people connected. And I think borderless classrooms is really driving a big part of that. How would we track, um, you know, in, in because because Boingo's. Um, emerging businesses, you know, kind of hit on a bunch of different areas. What's a good way to kind of 
keep up with all of these as it relates to Boingo wireless from the, from the outside in? Like what's, what's something we could watch to kind of keep, keep an eye on how things are, are developing because in the past Boingo was a pretty, you know, it was, it was first, it was consumer, then it was consumer and enterprise and network building. And then it kind of mostly shifted to the network building side. Um, and this, the, the, does your group kind of fall under one or the other, or is it sort of something that's that's on its own? So, so it's it's separate, right? I report directly into the CEO, and um, you know, and work on on the growth initiatives for them. I also have folks on my team that are helping our business unit leads, um, the SVPs that run the DAS business, that run the military business for us, that run that uh, consumer business, um, helping them develop new products and offerings to to add to uh, the customer experience, whether that be consumer or carrier, right? Uh, or venue for, for those folks. Uh, you know, I, one of the things I want to point out is, you know, you made some, some good points there as, you know, how the, how the business uh, has changed and developed over the years at Boingo. Um, one of the things we always did was we always designed, built and managed quality networks. Um, and so, you know, that managed service piece, I think is, is an area where we are going to emphasize more um, and, and, and that develops more recurring business for us. Um, you know, from one way to track us, obviously, is the earnings announcements. Um, we're also, uh, very active in the standards bodies, both, uh, Derek Peterson, our CTO and myself, uh, with the CBRS Alliance, and then the work that he's doing on the Wi-Fi side and Wi-Fi six is going to be a big part of this. Um, but, uh, but I think you'll start to hear a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of press around what we're doing in the private networking space as we launch our network as a service offering and then our device as a service offering. We've got professional services. Um, all three of those product lines roll up into me and I'll have a global lead that's leading those for us and working with the enterprises. And, um, you know, I think uh, I think we'll be getting uh, very good traction in the very, very near term. So sounds like, you know, some a positive outlook for 2021 in terms of private networks for at least for Boingo. And did you have any thoughts on, on where things might be going in the industry at large in terms of private networks? Yeah, you know, it's interesting if you really do think about, you know, I joke about, you know, the hype cycle, right, and the demand curve, <laughs> but there is one in every emerging market, right? right. That's just the way it is, you know. Um, there's even people starting to come out about 5G right now that maybe it's not what everybody thinks it's going to be, right? Um, it's kind of cr- it's kind of crazy, right? But, you know, <laughs> At the end of the day, you know, there it always takes time for uh, devices to catch up, uh, device development to catch up with network technology, right, and connectivity technologies. Um, and I think you know, 20, 2020 uh, obviously was a slow year for uh, adoption, um, and, and probably slowed down the proof of concepts that you would normally see an enterprise engage in to prove something out. So I think 2021 is really going to be that year of the proof of concepts around private networks and private 5G and, and MEC, um, and, and especially in manufacturing and healthcare verticals. And then I think at the end of 2021, 2022, you'll start to see more scale and more of the adoption at scale, which is, you know, I think will be indicative uh, of the market and, and will be similar across the industry. Yeah, I think that's a good place to leave it too, because, um, uh, as we get into next year, we'll start, we are looking forward to seeing like those individual use cases, um, show up inside of companies so we can kind of see, okay, 
you've applied the technology to it. You've built this new network. Now, what does it do that's different? Or what can you do right. now that you couldn't do before? Because that's like you were saying about 5G and the hype cycle there, the, that, that is where this, this stuff kind of falls apart in the press is people are like, oh, they're hyping it up. It's, <laughs> it's too much or whatever. But, you know, or maybe you don't need it. It's, it can all be done with 4G. That's true to a degree, but there, I, I do think there's a, a there, there's going to come a point where we're going to start seeing use cases where um, the networking uh, technology really matters and really puts a company in a competitive spot that they simply couldn't be in before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But you can't, like you point out, you can't just roll that out everywhere all at once. It's yeah. got to be case by case and uh, use case by use case and so on. Um, uh, uh, so I didn't have a question there. I was just talking. How about that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Phil, that's all right. Sometimes I'm not a good host. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That was, a, that was a very intelligent statement that you just made. So, so yes, Kelsey and I, I think concur, right? Yeah. That's, <laughs> I'm turning into a sports reporter where I just start yeah. rattling off stats and then they, they came to compete and they were real competitive <laughs> and they really handled the ball well. All right. Since I've failed to do my job completely, um, Mike, we will wish you well. And thank you so much for being on the Light Reading Podcast. And we hope to have you back soon. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Kelsey. Thanks, we'll talk Mike. to you again soon. Good to All right. You. Be safe. Thanks to Avast for their sponsorship this week. Avast's award-winning security solutions make it easy for your customers to stay safe online, no matter how many devices they use. Learn more at avast.com partners. That's A-V-A-S-T dot partners.